Hey, it's Brian. And now that we're nearing the end of April, I'm imagining that spring has sprung wherever you are. The days are getting longer, the temperatures warmer, and the countdown shorter to our favorite time of year. Just 250 days to go at the time of this recording. This is right around the time of year that I'm starting to think about which Christmas traditions backstories I want to share with you during the Christmas season. And if you're listening to this show in April, I'll bet that means that you too have some way, large or small, that you're keeping the Christmas spirit burning these days. One of the ways that I recently got to do that was by connecting with some new Christmassy friends in Illinois. Bob and Mary Ellen are a husband and wife living in the village of Trout Valley. Bob is the village president, even though he's known by one and all as the mayor. And every Christmas-loving town could use a mayor like him, because those towns would have a Christmas-themed tiki bar and lots of Christmassy games to play just like Bob and Mary Ellen do. And one of those games is the focus of this episode. If you're a long-time listener, you know that from time to time I'll have friends on to play a game of Christmas trivia in the form of two truths and a lie. In just last season, for the very first time, a listener named Rachel offered to put my Christmas spirit to the test directly with her Jeopardy-inspired game called Shepardy. And Rachel, I still think you should get that trademarked before you regret it. Well, Bob and Mary Ellen have their own Jeopardy-inspired game of Christmas trivia. And a few things before we dive in. First off, spoiler alert, I didn't do very well, but I had a blast and I learned a lot. Second, there was a category of questions called dialectical delights, which I consistently referred to mistakenly as delectable delights. Well, oopsie-daisy. I'll come back at the end to wrap up and say goodbye, but for now, let's dive in as we put my Christmas spirit and yours to the test. I'll describe each one of the topics and then you can pick. So dialectical delights, that is, we're going to give you uh, a person saying uh, saying something and it is a lyric from a Christmas song and you got to figure it out. Okay. You'll see the person you'll recognize as you go through it. Go West, you merry gentlemen. This was from a year that we did decades and we did the seventies, not the 1970s, the 1870s. So this is all Western, uh, Christmas snow, snow globe trotters. That's international. And some of this you'll get, cause I know it's been on the show already. Viral Christmas, we did that this year. These are uh, questions about Christmas in uh, the, pan- the first pandemic. Christmas carols about uh, uh, Christmas carols. Again, you'll know some of those. And the song remains the same, or the song remains the game. I'll give you the song. You tell me who, and I give you some clues. You tell me who's singing it. Okay, so let me see. I'm, I'm trying to paint the picture for people listening who can't see what I see, but all of those categories you've just mentioned are in this six by five grid a la Jeopardy. Uh, so for each of those categories, there are five questions of increasing value from 100 to $500. I'm assuming we're playing for real money and that you can send the check to me after we're done. But for now, we need to get started somewhere. So why don't we just go right to the middle of the board and I will choose snow globetrotters for 300, if you please. There we go. Okay. Now these are, I'm going to read you four different international customs. You got to tell me which one is real. One is real. The rest are not. In Zaire, Santa's elves are ghosts of dead relatives who will haunt you for the next year unless you leave them goodies to eat. B, in Fiji, the women are topless during the holiday season, but decorate themselves with brightly colored ornaments and baubles. C, in Greenland, Santa is a giant gnome who delivers gifts from underneath underneath his tall red hat. Or D, in Ukraine, they decorate their Christmas trees with a fake spider and spider webs. 
Okay. Now, it would be wonderful if all of these were true, especially, uh, well, I know which one I would love to be true, but, uh, but I also happen to know that there is a tradition in the Ukraine where they decorate their Christmas trees with spider webs. So I'm going to say D. And you are absolutely correct. $300, honey. Yeah. So Mary Ellen is keeping score for us. And again, uh, the listening audience can't see what I see, but I'm actually looking at a picture of one of these spiderweb trees, which looks very intriguing. So why don't we just move uh, laterally across the board? So how about viral Christmas for 300? All right. During the Christmas season, what concession was given by the church because of the Spanish flu pandemic? One, parishioners were allowed to skip communion. Two, church was held outside. Three, no singing was required during mass. Or four, churchgoers were allowed to eat meat on Friday. Oh, goodness. Okay. So this is something I have no knowledge of at all. I'm just going to be guessing, but just to talk it out, uh, four doesn't sound likely to me. During a pandemic, I would imagine meat would be scarce if we're talking about the Spanish flu. Um, I would imagine it was the singing because people were wearing masks during the Spanish uh, flu pandemic. You know, that makes sense. But actually, they were allowed to eat meat so they could keep up their strength. My goodness. And I'm looking at a picture of a child smoking a cigarette next to a hen, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. How about we go to Christmas Scarols for 300? There we go. What songs or original lyrics were so gloomy they had to be re rewritten twice? And these are some of the lyrics that were rewritten. It may be your last. Faithful friends who are dear to us will be near to us no more. We'll have to muddle through somehow. Yeah, so this is from Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, where the first version of the lyrics were, we'll have to muddle through somehow, and then were changed to hang a shining star upon the highest bow. So I'm going to say, I don't know if these are numbered or not, but that the, the last one, we'll have to muddle through somehow. This was not a, a choice. You, oh, you, are, you are correct. All of these were original lyrics that were changed. Oh, my goodness. It, yeah. Faithful friends who are dear to us will be near to us no more. And it may be your last. These all relate to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. They rewrote it twice. Now, this was uh, debuted in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis with Judy Garland. And was it, it was a like World War II reference. Was that what? all that was about yeah they were talking about maybe we won't all be together and um at the time they people because of the war effort people thought it was just too depressing so let's try delectable delights and i'll do 300 just to keep it consistent okay really stay cannot cold outside is it baby hmm <laughs> so this is yoda and Yoda is speaking as Yoda would in his dialect, and he is speaking a lyric from a song, a Christmas song. Oh, I see. Yes. Name the Christmas song. OK, so this is from Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's Yoda singing. I really can't say. Baby It's Cold Outside. Absolutely. You've got that one. So that's 300, Mary Ellen. Let's try We'll just go straight across here. So go west, you merry Christmas, you merry gentlemen. And it is. What was a popular Christmas gift in the Wild West? A spring of mistletoe, a peel of an orange, a walnut, or dried flowers? Hmm. Well, all of those would be popular Christmas things to give. So in the Wild West, though, 
would mistletoe grow in the wild west that's that's what i'm where I'm, where my logic is coming from here um so if it were it would or it doesn't grow there so having it in that area would be sort of like an exotic like an import of some kind peel of an orange probably the same thing right you don't really see too many of those out there walnut i'm i'm just going to take a stab in the dark and say um a sprig of mistletoe i love the way you're you know logically trying to go through that Actually, it's a peel of an orange. It was used to scent a drawer. Oh, my goodness. You know, like potpourri. I was watching something about, there's a, a show on the BBC called Victorian Farmhouse. And they had a series that was all about uh, the, the people on the farm getting ready for Christmas. It's one of those reenactment where they people live as, as one would have on a Victorian farm. And the reason that oranges were popular at Christmas time back then is because, you know, before global food supply chains, the average Victorian would have seen an orange once or twice a year and they were very expensive. And so to this day, it's still common for people to put an orange in somebody's Christmas stocking. And as far as I know, that's where that comes from. So maybe we'll do an episode about that. So let's see, how about snow globe trotters for 400, please? Okay. In Burma, they have adopted the American traditions of Christmas, but use Buddha to deliver gifts instead of Santa Claus. Uh, B, in Sri Lanka, the traditional Christmas meal is blood sausage as a way to remind us of the sacrifices that Jesus will make in his life. C, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, a single woman who receives one man's shoe as a Christmas gift is supposed to be married within the year. Or D, in South Africa, they enjoy deep-fried emperor moth caterpillars as a special treat for Christmas. Oh, well, I hope D's not true because that sounds kind of yucky. Um, and so, see, the, the thing about the, the receiving a shoe and being married within one year... Um, Christmas, just for everyone listening, has all kinds of superstitions like that from only about a century ago that apparently just evaporated once Christmas came to America. There's all kinds of stuff like that, where if you peel an apple and throw it on the floor, the shape that it makes is supposed to represent the uh, the initials of your one true love or, and things like that. Like Christmas and superstition uh, has a pretty rich history that has you know, we just don't really recognize anymore. And I'm gravitating toward that one because it sounds like it's something that could be true or something that I've read about it having been true. So for that reason alone, I'm going to go with, uh, which one was that actually? Um, C, uh, C. Well, I'm sad to say it actually is D. Yep. So um, this is where I'm, I'm lucky that our listeners can't see what I see right now. I'm actually looking at a plate of, of bugs uh, and people, I don't know, I don't think I could feel comfortable eating those, but I'm... if. If those make people feel warm and festive over there, then then good for them. Okay, let's try a viral Christmas for 400. Okay. What did the National Council of Defense ban during the holiday season in 1918? Visits to Santa, ice skating, public Christmas trees, or useless gifts? Ooh, I want to say useless gifts because there was something called the Society for the Prevention of Useless Gift Giving, a.k.a. SPUG, that was around that time. Um, and they had all kinds of, they were saying that, you know, the stores were open late during the Christmas season for more shopping. And that meant the poor shopkeepers couldn't spend time with their families and all kinds of other things like that. They thought it was increasing the commercialism and making Christmas into something crass where I have to say, I, they're not entirely without a point in that regard. Um, and because I really have nothing else to go on, and I have that piece of information in my memory bank, I'll say number four, useless gifts. And 
you got it. Useless My gift. Goodness. They didn't want people going out and, and buying if they didn't need to during the pandemic. So, And you know what? That's, that's good advice pretty much at any point throughout history. Okay, let's go to Snow Globe Trotters for 500. All right. Uh, okay, A. In Catalonia, their nativity scenes include a small figure of a defecating man. B. In Moldova, a family must gift its younger daughter to any eligible bachelor who knocks at the door at Christmas and demands her hand. In D.C., in Bhutan, it is customary to sing door-to-door -door on the holiday, but not kiss Christmas carols. Instead, instead, they make up funny songs and jokes that are meant to insult and anger the neighbor. Or D, in Vanuatu, they tie up their Santa and hold him hostage until he delivers gifts as his ransom to be set free. Aha. Okay, so what is tricky about these questions I'm noticing is that there is there's enough truth in some of these that, you know, relate to other things that may be true. Um, but I don't know enough to know if they apply to these questions. And in and, and this one in particular, uh, B, there's a lot of, especially in old Victorian and Scottish traditions, there's this notion of like the first footer, the per first person who knocks on your door on either Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve has some special uh, import. Either that person is going to set the tone for the entire Christmas season, is going to bring good luck or bad luck, is going to be the person that you marry your daughter to, and so on and so forth. Uh, and again, just because that is the one thing that I happen to know and that might apply to this question, I'm going to say B. Well, and first off, I want to say you're absolutely right. A lot of this is taken from research I've done over time, and I didn't want to just change the, the country name and, and write up an actual thing. So that's not the case. So, you know, you're not just because it's not the right country. These are actually made up except for one of them. What's, what's funny here, and I know why you went with B, but you actually discussed this. I don't think it was on your show, but it might have been when you were playing with other hosts. This came up. It's the Catalonia one. Remember the defecating man in the nativity scenes? I know you discussed it at some point. I think it was in one, somebody made a reference to it when you had the other hosts. Of oh the, my goodness. So let's see, I'm trying to think who that other host would be. Either Craig from Weird Christmas. Hi, Craig. Uh, or Tim Babb. Sounds like something he would bring up. Or, or maybe uh, Todd Killian from Christmas Clatter. So um, it's either one, it's probably one of those three. And either way, hello guys, how are you? Um, and I'll have, to, I'll have to go back and ask them about that. All right. How about go West Ye Merry Gentlemen for 500? Why not? All right. Who would the cowboys invite to their Christmas party? The sheriff, Santa Claus, Indians, or Chinese workers? Hmm, let's see. All of those are viable. Would they invite the sheriff? I don't know. Sounds reasonable enough. Probably not Santa Claus. Um, Chinese workers. I'm actually, uh, you know, those, those things, the great courses. I was, I'm actually watching one on the Old West right now. And I was learning about how in San Francisco, uh, a lot of the, the railroads were built by uh, Chinese people who, who were in the Old West at that time. And for no other reason than that, I'm just going to guess D, Chinese workers. You know, and it was put in there because exactly that, the Chinese labor, there was a lot of Chinese labor at the time. But the answer, actually, it's surprising to me. It was the Indians. They would have, they would compete in games of strength and agility as part of the party. That, yeah, that is not what I was expecting to hear, but that's super interesting. You're giving me a lot of ideas for the show, by the way. So thank you for that. The downside is that I'm not doing very well in this game, but I'm getting a lot of ideas. So, so I say it's a net positive. Why don't we try Christmas scarrels for 400? 
Sleigh bells ring, are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, we're happy tonight, walking in a winter wonderland. These lines were written by whom? A young war widow who was trying to feed her family, a man in a sanatorium dying of tuberculosis, a young girl for a middle school talent contest, or a washed up music mus musician who was considering suicide when he dreamed of these lyrics. Oh, I really want it to be D, but I don't know if it is. Um, but it, right when I heard that, it reminded me of uh, The Gift of the Magi. That's O. Henry, yeah. And I was reading about him recently, about how he was, like, really difficult to work with. He was just constantly drunk, and his editors were constantly chasing him down for his content. And I've always loved those stories, like, just well-known works where the people behind them were just a mess, you know? Um I mean, obviously, those are sad stories, but they're interesting stories, too. And I kind of want to believe it was a washed up musician because there'd be a, a, at least an element of triumph in that uh, rather than all the other ones, which kind of sound like they, they must not have gone anywhere. So for that reason, I'm going to say D. And I love that. And I love the story about O. Henry, although that shocks me with the, uh, the gift of the Magi, that it would be so difficult. But actually, it's the man in the sanatorium. My goodness. Who was dying of tuberculosis. Yeah. Wrote Walking in a Winter Wonderland. Well, um, he wasn't, I guess, but it was, well, we got a good song out of it. Okay, how about Snow Globe Trotters for 200? Okay, let's see. A, in Yemen, they celebrate Christmas with Jesus and Muhammad, lighting candles in front of both religious figures. B, in Mauritius, they celebrate with a communal ritual by the male villagers, dancing in front of the local women seated on mats in front of them. C, in Caracas, they go to mass on Christmas Christmas morning in roller skates, or D, in Kazakhstan, no one can leave the table on Christmas Eve until someone passes out from drinking too much vodka. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's see. D uh, sounds like something that could be true somewhere, but I don't, I'm not quite sure about that. Caracas on roller skates, that seems a little too much. That seems like a, too much to coordinate for that to be like a bona fide cultural tradition. So we're down to A and B, I think. Um, and Jesus and Muhammad, that's, I don't know, that almost sounds like that would probably be a sacrilege or something. So narrowing all of those out, I'm going to go with B. You know, I, I love I love your logic because your answers are right on point, except it's actually Caracas. They, they go to, I don't know where this came from, but they go to mass on Christmas morning in roller skates. In roller skates. Yeah. My goodness. And I'm looking at a picture of someone, presumably on Christmas morning, putting on roller skates. All right. So, okay, so now that we're about halfway through, and I know that I'm doing poorly, why don't we find out for sure? Uh, Mary Ellen, what is my, my score? Well, you have 1,300 points. So that's not great, because if I look at all of the points I could have had, that is not even half of them, but... All right, where to next? How about Delectable Delights for 500? Do you observe the same luminous spirit of gaseous plasma that I perceive? And this is Spock saying it. Okay, so I'm looking at a picture of Spock with this uh, convoluted version of a lyric that could be something like, do you hear what I hear or do you see what I see? Um, nothing else is really coming to mind. Do you observe... Yeah, I'm going to say, do you hear what I hear? Oh, you had it. You, it, it do you see what I see? A oh, star, a star. Ah, you I see. Okay. Do you hear what I hear? Oh, I'm sorry. Do you observe? You know, do you see what I perceive? 
Well, since I actually set it up, I'm going to give myself half credit. You guys can give me whatever number of points you want to, but let's try that one again. Let's do 400, same category. Dude, I am sorry. Like you, I am so broke. Bummer. I got nada for you, man. Yeah, this hippie type guy is taking the lyrics to something. Um, Because this could be like from the little drummer boy, like I am a poor boy too, but I have no gifts to bring. That's the only thing that's coming to mind, so I'm going to go with that. You are absolutely right. I am a poor boy too. I have no gift to bring. Perfect. See? Perfect. All right. Let's see if we can. Let's just sweep this category. Should we want to finish out? Let's finish it out. 100. Okay. Like, oh my God, Rudolph, you are totally clueless. This may be way harsh, but you are bugging if you think you are rolling with us. Some of us are just not lucky enough to be a Betty. Whatever. No games, no makeover, as if. And that is our friend from Clueless. You know, I actually uh, watched that movie, I believe, while my wife was in labor. Uh, We we stayed in the hospital and just watched a lot of TV because we were there for a while. And that movie was on. And I don't remember if I ever saw the movie. Uh, Like, I think it's a pop culture thing that most people are familiar with it uh, and some of the quotes from it. But I don't know if I ever saw it or just, you know, absorbed it from the ether. But I think we're all familiar with with clues. Oh, yeah. So much phrases. And I same thing. I knew the 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 phrases that had come out of it before I even knew the the, the movie. But so I'm, I'm assuming and I don't know where to start or end with the actual song lyric, but I'll started uh all of the other reindeer wouldn't used to laugh and call him names and they wouldn't let poor rudolph join in any reindeer games you are right on you got exactly <laughs> that term there all right add another hundred mary ellen we're coming up okay all right now let's go to i'm really intrigued with this western stuff so why don't we go to 400 for a go westy merry gentleman okay Oh, it's a daily double. How much you want daily. to bet? <laughs> well, wait, this, how, how does daily double work? I can't remember. I think you can risk up to all of your points uh, to potentially double your score or lose the amount that you bet. And this is the only time in my life I'll ever have the opportunity to say this, I'm assuming. So I'm going to try to make it a true daily double. Oh, all right. And I'm almost certainly yes. going to lose all, all of my money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Where would Santa put the gifts? In homes too small for trees or chimneys, would you put them on the plates, in the boots, on the beds, or outside the door? Since we're talking about the Old West, and since I just want this to be the right answer, I'm going to say in the boots. Oh, I wanted you to get it, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's on the plates, on, the on their plates. plates. Oh, <laughs> easy come, easy go. Well, we have some time. We can make up. We got a few more here to knock out. Yeah, I'm always interested in the idea of where Santa leaves gifts, because there's a, a really common myth about the, the historical St. Nicholas. There's a legend about how he helped a poor family by uh, giving them money. And they say, well, that's where the legend of him dropping money down the chimney comes from. And I haven't done an episode about this yet, but I wanted to point out that that, that couldn't possibly be true because the first known examples of houses with chimneys aren't until about 800 years after the historical St. Nicholas died, right? That is just literally not possible to have been the true story. Um, but people like to say, well, because of that, when he threw the money down the chimney, it sort of landed in the stockings that were hanging on the chimney. That's where chimneys and stockings come from. And it just isn't. Didn't you also in your show talk about like in England where they, they, they still do the stockings and a lot of times they put, they put them on the bed. And I thought you were saying at one point, you know, you're as the parents, you'd miss the kids waking up and 
their gifts are in a stocking, they're opening them and you don't even see it. You know what I mean? Whereas we all gather around the tree. Yeah, I think that was someone had submitted one of those Christmas memories about that, where maybe she grew up in England. It might have been Chantel Joy. And Chantel, if you're out there, hey, um, that, yeah, in some some places, the, the stocking would be on the foot of the bed. So the kids would just wake up and find the presents there rather than come downstairs and it would be more of a communal activity. OK, so let's see. How about we try viral Christmas for 500? What date was Christmas 1918 finally celebrated? Now, what I should say in this is this was... Uh, uh, reported in a newspaper where where they finally celebrated Christmas 1918. So I can't say that this absolutely occurred uh, throughout the country, but it, it this was reported that this was when they celebrated Christmas. It's one of these dates, February 15th, 1919, January 23rd, 1919, December 31st, 1918, or January 6th, 1919. Let's see. Uh, given the circumstances, I, I kind of want to say it must have been in, into 1919. Uh, so was it January 23rd or February 15th, the day after Valentine's Day? That might um, either be a really good way to cap off the holiday season. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but I sort of I consider Valentine's Day the end of like that extended holiday season that begins on Halloween so why don't we just say that? Let's just say February 15th. Perfect. You're getting your, your money back. 500. Oh, good. February 15th, 1919, when Santa finally recovered from the flu. Oh, jeez. Poor Santa. All right. Let's, let's go back to that Western one. I'm, I'm really loving that category. So how about 200, please? Okay. What meat wouldn't you find on the Christmas table? Buffalo tongue, venison, grizzly bear steak, or lamb chops? Hmm. Well, venison, almost certainly you would, I would imagine. It was pretty abundant, as, as would be buffalo tongue. And, well, all of them, really. So I'm just going to have to guess here. Just because grizzly bear steak sounds like something made up. I was just going to say that. Oh, close. It was lamb chops, actually. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and I'm looking at one of these old, like, what is this, like a pulp novel or something? Or um, a, like a dime? Oh, that is my kind of stuff. I'll tell you that. I love that kind of stuff. All right, let's go back and let's just close out the, the Western category. 100. What was a popular holiday dish on the prairie? Possum gravy, mule jerky, vinegar pie, or holly berries? Well, holly berries are not edible as far as I know, or if they are, they're not very tasty. They, they were used medicinally. I did an episode about that. Um, Vinegar pie sounds weird. I'm trying to imagine what that would be. Mule jerky. Um, I can I can imagine people eating that in the old west, but serving it for the holidays, I'm not so sure about. And possum gravy just sounds gross. I hope that's not even a real thing. Just because vinegar pie sounds like the most intriguing one of the bunch, I'm just going to say that. So C. Perfect. More money. Oh, vinegar pie. Absolutely. Okay. So and uh, yeah, and holly berries yeah, are, are not edible, I think. In the, and I made up possum gravy. So. so do you know what vinegar pie is? I at the time, because this was a few years ago when we did, it, I looked it up and it's in vinegar. It's part of the ingredients. And I think it was for preservation or something like that. But yeah, they it, it's not the only ingredient in it, but that's what they called it. Vinegar pie. Vinegar pie. All right. Let's try snow globe trotters for 100. All right. Um, A, in New Zealand, they gather the young naughty children in town and Santa threatens to spank them with a switch in front of the community. B, in Japan, they enjoy a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken 
on Christmas Eve. C, in Ireland, the family shares a potent cocktail that is lit on fire and known as the light of Christ. Or D, in Denmark, the youngest boy in the family has to kill a Lapland reindeer and the oldest girl has to gut it. Ooh, goodness, I hope that one's not true. So let's see, since you mentioned New Zealand, I have to give a shout out to Dwayne Bailey, host of Tinsel Tunes podcast out there. Uh, he does this whole show where he talks about the history and, and the stories behind famous Christmas songs. Uh, great guy, hope he's doing well. Uh, but I do happen to know this one that is uh, in Japan. They eat uh, not only Kentucky Fried Chicken, but also this kind of vanilla cake that became basically a made up Christmas tradition that um, when, when, when Christmas was introduced to Japan and that's been quite a thing ever since. I knew you'd get it. There you go. Yep. And I'm looking at a picture right now of, of Colonel Sanders dressed up as Santa Claus, uh, apparently in Japan. Yep, from Japan. All right. All right. Okay, we're we're winding this one down. Let's let's okay, so why don't we finish out the viral category? So two hundred, please. All right. Um, which of these is a real headline from the Spanish flu pandemic in nineteen eighteen? One, Christmas can make you sick. Two, peace on earth, good health to men. Three, Santa Claus is down with the flu, or four, Christmas mass to be masked. Well, based on that other question about when they finally celebrated Christmas because Santa had recovered from the flu, it only stands to reason that there would be a headline saying that Santa is down with the flu. So I'll say number three. There you go. Add 200 there. You can see the headline right there. Yeah. Santa oh, Claus that's, is uh, down with the flu. I'm looking at a clipping from an old newspaper. And man, back in the day of in old newspapers, they just did not put a lot of breathing room around the text. I would imagine that reading one of those was was hard work. Okay, let's go back to the board. Okay, let's finish off Viral Christmas. Here we go. The Spanish flu pandemic plays a critical role in a holiday film when a character's son dies from it. What movie is it? Ooh, okay. Is this a well-known Christmas movie? Yes. Okay, a Christmas movie and a well-known one at that. Is it It's a Wonderful Life, by any chance? By any chance, you're right. It is uh, Mr. Gower's son. That's what he's, that's the telegraph he's reading that says, we regret to inform you that your son Robert died very suddenly this morning of influenza. Uh-huh. Yep. And you know, this is one of those, you know, you hear words your whole life and it never really occurs to you. Influenza is the Italian word for influence. And apparently that's what influenza, the, the influence uh, has to do with the way that it's, uh, it, it's a reference to its contagion. I've, I learned that only recently. I love stuff like that. Word origins. Yeah, origins. Did, did not know that. Yeah. What, and what's interesting is I always thought in this movie that his son died in the war because you're thinking World War One at the yeah, time. Yeah. And only, but it was really from the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's do. Okay. So we have three questions left. So we'll do Christmas scarols for 500. Here we go. Let's do, get this one right. What real-life event inspired the song, Do You Hear What I Hear? A, was it the Christmas Truths of 1914? B, was it the invention of the hearing aid in 1898? C, was it the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962? Or D, was it the founding of the American School for the Deaf in 1817? Okay. Um, it would be really funny if it were the invention of the hearing aid, but I can't, I can't believe that's true. Uh, Christmas truce, of course, refers to that event during um, it was World War I, uh, where the, the um, German and American troops will sort of lay down their arms on Christmas Eve. Um, but do you hear what I, it's a fairly new song, isn't it? Comparatively speaking. 
So I, I want to say the Cuban Missile Crisis. I don't know why I want to say that, but I might have heard that at some point. So I'm going to say C. And you are absolutely correct. Another 500. It's the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yep. He, the, uh, I can't remember the lyricist who wrote it, wanted to write something positive because of all the fear that was happening. Yeah. Well, and he did. So good. All right. Uh, let's go for 200. All right. What Christmas song originated from a racy 16th century Welsh tune that had lines like, oh, how soft my fair one's bosom, fa la 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 la. Oh, interesting. Um, so that would be uh, Deck the Hall. And I didn't know that it came from uh, another tune, but I do know that it was a, a Welsh uh, song. And I was doing some research about this at one point, and it was sort of part of this I don't know what the word for it is, but the kind of song where you would sort of freestyle lyrics, like a group of people would be in a circle and every person would have to contribute a verse. And if you couldn't contribute a verse, you were out and the, the song would just keep going on. So there are actually lots of alternate lyrics to Deck the Hall because, uh, and it's the same thing is true for the 12 Days of Christmas and things like that, where um, it's only the first published version is the one that we all recognize as the song. But of course, because this was mainly, you know, freestyle and improvised, there are certainly several other versions that are maybe more just, you know, lost to oral history. But, oh, very interesting. Okay, deck the halls. You got it. So, Mary, there's another 200. Okay, 100 left. Our you ready? last question, Christmas Well, scales. and then you get to, if you want, you can pick a final Jeopardy. I have okay. questions for all of them, but you can pick one of the topics. Beautiful. Okay, so here we go. Here's $100. Silver Bells was originally called Tinkle Bells, Shake Your Bells, Happy Bells or Christmas Bells? I happen to know this. It was Tinkle Bells. Um, and one of the songwriters, Jay Livingston, said to his wife, I'm thinking of writing this song called Tinkle Bells. And he, she said, uh, you know that tinkle also means something else, don't you? Uh, and so they changed it to Silver Bells. You are absolutely right. There you go. I think since you uh, made that uh, Daily Double, I think you've cleared the board. So. All right. <laughs> I actually have the sheet music for Silver Bells. I, I, I bought a bunch of um, uh, vintage Christmas piano sheet music from eBay. And this is something I'm, I'm learning as I'm learning to play the piano that uh, a, a long time ago, a lot of sheet music came with not only the tr treble clef and the bass clef for playing piano, but also the ukulele equivalent. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that was about. I um, It had something to do with like the Panamanian Expo, if that was a thing where the ukulele was introduced and became this wildly popular thing in American music. And for a time, almost all sheet music included the ukulele chords to play in addition to the piano. It's really, music history is quite fascinating. Yeah, but right now it's hard to even imagine that, that was, there was a time where the ukulele was so popular, mm. you know? It's coming back a little bit, but um, yeah, for a time it was it was all the rage. Okay, so I can do... And then we can tell you, you can decide how much to bet and you pick the topic. All right, you got 1800 Okay. Well, I think you know, I've been really loving that Old West category. And just because I don't get to do this often, I'm, I'm going to bet it all again, come what may. All right, 1800 here we go. Final Jeopardy. How would cowboys season their food? With cactus jelly, gunpowder, pine cones, or lard? And you know, I, I this is not... Ex it, totally a christmas one so i apologize for that but oh how interesting. interesting oh how interesting uh here's another brief aside about the old west you know nowadays most of the time when you brush your teeth uh, your your toothpaste is is mint flavored 
But I was learning about uh, dental care in the Old West, and uh, apparently pine used to be a really common flavor of toothpaste, as was fennel, which um, I think pine, I could, I could actually dig that. I think we're so conditioned to believe that like mint equals clean, like your mouth doesn't feel clean unless it feels minty. But I could totally see pine like creating a, a fresh, clean feeling in, in the mouth. So I don't know, maybe if someone wants to bring back pine toothpaste, I'd give it a try. But anyway, that has nothing to do with this question. Cactus jelly. Well, there's gunpowder tea, isn't there? I don't think that contains actual gunpowder, but I know that that could be it. I mean, that seems like a weird thing to put on one's food. Pine cones. I don't know if you could season food with a pine cone. Maybe if you ground it up. Lard doesn't really seem like a seasoning. So I'm going to, it's either A or B. And just because it would be awesome if it were true, I'm going to say B, gunpowder. It is awesome. It was gunpowder. Wow. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> so you're going home with $3,600. Well, look at me. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I sure hope you enjoyed that. And I definitely hope that you did better than I did with Bob and Mary Ellen's questions. Thanks again to Bob and Mary Ellen. And as always, thank you for listening, especially this time of year. So what are you doing to keep your Christmas spirit alive these days? I always love to hear from you, so why not drop a line to christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you haven't joined the private Christmas Past Facebook group yet, why not do that today? Because we celebrate all year round. I'll be back again next month with another episode, but until then, let me remind you as always that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California by yours truly, Brian Earle. And if you enjoy this show, I'll bet you have other people in your life who share your Christmas spirit. So why not help more people discover the show and help to grow the Christmas Past family? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll be happy to send you an exclusive Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card is my way of saying thanks any time of year. Reach out for more details about that. Again, you can find me at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. Until we meet again, stay safe and healthy, look out for one another, and may your days be merry and bright.